0: i appreciate you guys being here i know we'll have people logging in and out and true to form because we're on lockdown my kids will be coming in and out which is kind of the reason that we've got these two lovely ladies on the call today so we've got londa teats and jen meyer both teachers within district 51 and my hope is that they're going to give us some tricks and tips on not only how to stay sane but also help our kids learn while we're on lockdown and doing the homeschool thing so uh, they, they don't end up with kids that we have to all hold back an extra year. But um, anyway, uh, Londa Landa and Jen, would you mind uh, just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you before we get started? Uh,
1: so my name's Jen Meyer. I teach sixth grade English language arts at Redlands Middle School. And um, I've been fortunate enough to have one of your kiddos, Todd, for two years. So um, we have lots of history there. And i've been in the district for 23 years now so
0: and just for clarification she didn't have him twice because he didn't make it through the first year (laughs) (laughs) he liked her so much that when it came to go again he was like all right i get her for sixth grade as well as fourth
1: (laughs) and he kept moving up too
2: Hi, Londa. Londa Teets, and I worked for the district for 23 years as well. We, my husband and I moved here from the Midwest, where I was an ELA teacher. Uh, right now, I'm a SPED literacy specialist, um, so I'm on uh, many of the district-led teams and have been monitoring what all the teachers are doing this week, especially in special education, although I'm attending uh, many of the regular education meetings as that Uh, We have planning teams throughout the district who have been meeting for two weeks straight to try to get this thing in the right. So I do a lot of reading and pass on a lot of uh, guidance and support to teachers.
0: So I'll kind of start off here and just ask some of the questions that I got prior to uh, starting. I think the first one that we're all kind of wondering is, is there a structure behind this? Um, obviously, we've got, we actually have a, a child that's got ADHD, so we understand the importance of structure, uh, but not having been in the classroom setting in a very long time, for me, and much longer than most, um, we, what should we be doing from a structure standpoint?
2: Well, Todd, I can address this one initially. Um, first of all, the, the number one thing that you can do for structure is follow a schedule. Most of your elementaries and middle and even high schools have put out um, sample schedules. And so depending on what your schools, your individual schools have adopted, um, your teachers should have given some guidance on what the day should look like. Uh, The primary focus for elementary is ELA and math. So that's what your littles should be working on primarily. And the, the suggested schedule, and I'm not sure again, if all the schools are following this, were to do ELA and math in the morning for the little kiddos. Um, the middle schools and high schools look a little bit different because they kind of operated on a sample eight-period day, um, because they're also including um, some social studies and science in there. So they're they're hitting about four uh, academic areas. So and Jen, you can speak to that of course. So the primary thing that you should do though is get on a schedule. And your schedule may look a little diff- bit different from the schools based on what the assignments look like, but um, a picture schedule for those who have some issues with um, maintaining structure are a must. So plan backwards, um, think about what what has to be done for the week, Um, create a picture schedule for that. Even for our older kids, a picture schedule is good. For you and I, um, we may create a picture schedule in different colors based on what we need to do throughout the day, that can be done for kids as well. Could be done paper, pencil, or they could be doing on one of their pieces of technology. Um, So that should be visual. Um, Let's see, what else? Other suggestion, have lots of movement breaks in that schedule, make sure to plan that. I'm making my children go out for two hours a day and practice the sports that they're not actually doing right now. Um, They're doing that in the cul-de-sac. So a hike, a bike, whatever it needs to be, incorporate that in your schedule. Um, and have them do um, some, you know, video interaction and in that schedule and then their chats as well. And Jen, you can speak to this for middle school kiddos. Scott's got one.
1: Yeah, so as far as um, our schedule goes for middle school, the teachers are supposed to be available um, from 9.30 to 12.30. For, for, for me personally, I sent out a Google Meet. meet. And that goes from 9.30 to 12.30 every day. So I could jump on. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, this,
0: is, this is our new reality, right? You can't have any time alone. They either have to be on or they're on you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they're on somewhere, huh? Oh. Um, So that Google Meet link allows kiddos to get on and ask any questions or any support that they need. Um, And so yesterday, as things were kind of, we were figuring them out and Schoology was running a little bit slow, I had a whole crew of kids on Google Meet that were showing me their house and their dogs and their animals because we couldn't get on. (laughs) And as soon as we got on, then they started going, okay, this makes more sense, asking questions, having kids that just got on and off. and Um, Just to reiterate what Wanda was saying, I think finding a schedule that works for you, as long as you know those are the parameters, um, you know, for two of your kids that are at Redlands. uh, At 930 to 1230, I know for Quinn and Cole, that is when teachers are supposed to be available to be answering their questions, whether it's by email or phone. We've all directed our phones to go to our email so that we can call you guys right back. just so that there's a lot of access points there for any help that you guys might need. But I've also noticed that kids have different schedules. Some kids will get on at eight o'clock and then by the time I start my Google Meet at 9.30, they've already gone over some assignments and have their questions ready. Some do it as they're doing the assignment. So I, like some kids, so today I was reading, them, a reading with them and then we went over the questions together so um it kind of looks different but i think especially for kiddos you know we're amping their screen time which we always say please don't do all the time those breaks to be able to just be kids and go play and you know even if you schedule them and say okay i know that you're you've got this much more to go but take a 10 minute break and then come back
0: so, so speaking of break, because that was one of the questions in here was making sure that, that we as parents, because I wouldn't know, right, okay, so what's an appropriate amount of time to have the kids focused on whatever the, the topic is, and then what, uh, before they take a break, and then how long should that break be, and, and what should they be? Um, I know
1: in talking with some of the kids, Um, that were on Google Meet the last couple of days, it's looked different for different families because some parents are still working at home. Some are able um, to not have to work at home too. So there's kind of different schedules there. I think even, especially with screen time for me, like my eyeballs are going out of my head because I'm never in front of the screens. Right, yeah, and that's all we are right now, right? Yeah, so for me, I, like to do like, okay, 30 minutes. And I'll even tell the kids on Google Meet, like go do like 10 jumping jacks really quick. And then look, let's just come back, just kind of a quick brain break of something to have their eyeballs not on the screen all the time. So um, I think that that gets longer, the older the kids are. I know my nieces in high school are able to focus longer. They're used to that a little bit more, but I just try like, give me 30 minutes of good work that you're doing your job and then take 10 or 15 minutes and come back. Because most of the assignments that we have, we're not trying to kill them with assignments, You know, we're trying to kill you guys as parents. <laughs> um, we know that that's a, a whole different ball game right now, but just keeping their brains academic and giving them that schedule and that structure is helpful, I think.
0: That's great. Londa, um, so from a lifeline perspective, um, As as we're talking today, okay, so structure and making sure that we have the structure, making sure that you've got break times in there, Um, understand that there there are uh, uh, different resources that we have to sort of give us direction on what they should be studying. Um, The one question that kept coming up from people in advance was a lifeline for the parents, right? So here I am, I'm doing the best I can, it's not working. What's my lifeline to whether it be a timeout, whether it be a who do I call? Is there any resource for the parents?
2: Oh, yeah, most parents, um, you know teachers have done check-ins with parents so that that parents know how to get a hold of the teacher if there's a question on the assignment, or they're feeling like they're, you know, I mean, I'm a parent too. So I can say this with <laughs> conviction. I I have failed my daughter already this week for being available to her for talking about those assignments. So I may not understand what's going on, what's being asked, or I may just not be paying attention to what she needs, right? Um, You know, I'm not proofreading things. Uh, Things are shorter or different. Um, So you should be able to connect with your teacher in that regard or in in a social-emotional way. If you need support with your student, you should be able to connect. Otherwise, there are district supports too, and you can go through our district website to see um, what's out there. All of the people that we're doing social emotional learning um, as support people in our district have been assigned to kind of take, uh, take calls, so to speak. So those people are all available and most of the teachers know how to get a hold of them. It's been linked through school websites, um, you know, you could you could access your teacher through student view or through email and ask your teacher for um, those resources. I haven't actually accessed that myself to see how those all work, but I did hear that that was happening. I know that we are building this plane as we're flying it, literally. So um, I'm just not sure how all those buttons work yet. We have all these resources for remote learning on our website that are accessible to parents and teachers. It's just that they are being added to every single day, multiple times, and so it's hard to say what's on there right now. But I would start with your teacher um, or, you know, call a friend <laughs> and, and recognize that parents need time out from this too because you're doing your job full-time and you're also taking on that new role of being a teacher and that doesn't always work well for us as parents. I'm a great classroom teacher. I'm a great, great teacher for teachers, I think, But I am not very great at being my parent, at my children's teacher. And they'll tell me that and remind me of that because they're older. But the little ones may just act out and be defiant. And that would be totally normal. So we gotta cut ourselves a break on that and also loosen our standards because we we are used to our children being gone for seven or more hours a day um, at their school site. And they have all this social interaction. And now all of that is placed on placed on us. And we can feel pretty hopeless about that and how we're fulfilling all of those roles. Um, I don't think we give what we do at school enough credit for all that social interaction that is taken care of. And now it is all upon us. And so you probably need to get out in your cul-de-sac and walk around and talk to your neighbors from a six foot distance <laughs> just to make each other feel better. I know that Jeff and I have been walking, we've been running into neighbors and we're talking about how our kids are driving us nuts, how we're driving them nuts and how unfair all of this is. And we're letting each other kind of vent out from, you know, it looks like we're in a four-square when we meet outside. Um, because we're literally, I feel like we need a ball out there, because we're kind of giving each other therapy in, in, in that little space outside. Um, so we, you got to give yourself a break. This is our first week. It's our first whack at it. It's going to be imperfect. We, we've got to adjust. So keep going back to those schedules each day and adjusting, and realize that as teachers get a grip on this, the, the rigor will set in a little bit more. So if it feels loosey-goosey right now, that's because it is. And that's, that's so okay. And for those of us who are control freaks, it doesn't feel good. And most of us as teachers really like that structure. That's why we became teachers. We like rules and we like structure. Jen, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard for us to engage this way. And so we're, we're all learning it. And I hope we all have mess ups on, on stage for our children to see because it's, it's very important for them to see us have those failures and to fix it and persevere through it. I, I just think there's a ton of lessons to be lived here.
0: Uh, and that's what makes you all so amazing. And, and, and really it's times like these where, where we're really forced to have more engagement with our teachers, uh, that we really get to know you and your hearts and God bless you. Thank you for all that you do. And thank you for being here uh, on this call. I know this is gonna help a lot of people out.